Listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk with Jay-Z Clark, he breaks down the Sydney-Richmond game and what it means for the Tigers and their future. We speak about the Fremantle Dockers and how they kept their season alive and what will be the biggest story to come out of this weekend at Gather Round. Find out next. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk on this Saturday, your daily dose of footy, news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And joining me as he does every Saturday is the man from the Herald Sun, Jay-Z Clark. G'day, Jay-Z. Gather round, taking off in South Australia. It kicked off on Thursday night with an absolutely cracking game between the Crows and the Blues. My God, weren't the Crows impressive mm. then? Some big games yesterday, the doubleheader on a Friday, the traditional slot of a four o'clock game on a Friday afternoon at Norwood. Saw Fremantle keep their season alive. They were able to get over the Gold Coast Suns. And then last night in front of over 40,000 fans at Adelaide Oval, the Sydney Swans destroyed the Tigers. It's been a big weekend. Plenty more to come. What's your first take out of the weekend so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering where Richmond is at, Joey. And I know we sort of touched on this last week as well, but they're at a crossroad now. They play Melbourne next week. And I reckon Tigers fans are all sitting there in their cars or their lounge rooms and they're thinking, what are we going to make of this season, 2023? Because it looks like, and you tell me if I'm right, they're not going to be a top four contender. Do we agree on that? I think so. Yeah, it's leaning more definitely. They're probably going to be, uh, if they are to play finals, a, a bottom part of the top eight if they make it, yes. So then I, I, I wonder what they're going to do with this season. Like if they're not going to be, I'm not talking about raising the white flag or, or, or giving up completely, but is it, do they use this now as a year to get 20 games into the kids? They look off the pace. So what do they do? Do they just sort of finish mid-table, try and sneak into the finals where they're probably not going to be a premiership threat? Or do they... Or do they put development first? What would you be doing? Well, as I said, I think last week, Jay-Z, it feels like they already are. So last night, I think they had seven players that have played 11 games or less. I'm not sure they can fit many more into the side. They're giving them all the run. Morris Rioli and Judson Clark and Sonzi came in and all these guys. So they actually are playing the kids. They've still got their senior players that they are transitioning. So, you know, Grimes and Dusty and these guys have still got some footy. Rewalt had a rest. Cochin, you know, interesting where he's going to be at, but he's going to be sort of in and out of the side. So, as I said, think this is a transition period. Maybe we thought they could still be a contender while they are transitioning, but after last night, maybe it is less likely that they're going to be a real threat at the pointy end of the ladder, but they don't have to go down the bottom. They can hover around the sort of mid-table while they transition out their, their superstar older players and continue to expose the kids. What do you think of Trent Cotchin? I mean, I sort of felt like when in your last season, Joey, and with Rui, obviously, well, Nick, Nick Rewalt, we, we had this discussion. It's like, you know, should, should you play on? What are they going to do with Montagna? What's this season going to be like for Trent Cotchin? Subbed off last night. I'm not sure if he looked happy with it or not. I mean, it's hard to know what was in his head, but is this going to be difficult for him for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, it will be. It's going to be a delicate situation between him, him and the coaching staff because you, they want to expose the kids. So they want to get Tyler Sonzi more minutes in the midfield. Judson Clark looks like he's ready to come up and play a bit more in there. They've obviously got Taranto and Hopper and in, invested a lot in them and, and Shea Bolton and Prestia are obviously ahead of Trent Cochin where he's at with his career. So look, it is going to be a delicate situation and, and maybe he does play a few more games as the sub. Maybe he sits out a few more games and, and maybe when he's fresher, he's still going to have some good footy and some good games in him, but no doubt it's a it's a transition phase for him as well. And you've got to respect your, your superstars and one of the all time greats of that footy club. And that's going to be something that he'll work through with Damien Hardwick. I guess he 
he has to put the not a coaching, but don't you think he has to sort of put his leadership first in that sense? So this season is not really going to be about his performance. It's how he can help his, some of his younger teammates. Is that fair? Yeah, spot on. And I still think there's value for having those players in the side. I've been critical of Hawthorne. For, I'm one that thinks that they've lost too much experience when you think everyone talks about O'Meara and Mitchell, but everyone forgets they also lost Shields and Gunston and, and Ben McAvoy all in the one hit. It's not so much about on-field, and there is an element of that, but it's also just what they bring around a football club on a weekly basis, having the older heads that have been there and done it, how to prepare, all those little things. So Koch has got a huge role to still play in that football club with his leadership and the transition for the younger guys. It's probably not as important on the field anymore with with his football, but he's still going to have a role. It's just not going to be as as significant as it has been for his past 15 years. It's fair to say, well, uh, Damien Hardwick got the Cranky Coach Award uh, last week after going bananas in the press conference and last night, Joey, fair to say he was unimpressed again. Yeah, we just couldn't capitalise on our momentum and we had, you know, some form of dominance. Um, you know, we've just got to get better at, you know, first and foremost, our smarts and just our ball execution inside 50. Um, and I thought our discipline was incredibly poor tonight. You know, a couple of instances we just look at and go, it's ridiculous what we're doing. So, you know, I'm disappointed with that and our fans will be and I'm sure they will be when they see them. What's he talking about there, Joey? Is he talking about structures and team rules? Is he talking about free kicks? What do you think he's talking uh, the, about there? I heard Jack Rewald as well talk about it post-game. It sounded like free kicks. They mentioned 50-metre penalties and, and undisciplined acts with, with that. I just wonder whether Damien Harwick, and I don't know, Jay-Z, he's just starting to master the art of deflection a little bit and taking away from his side. Because I went back and watched that fourth quarter after he said that and thought, did the fourth quarter, did they cost them the game because of free kicks and 50-meter penalties? And it was only the last four minutes where they lost their way a bit. And I think they got frustrated by a bit of smart arsery from the Sydney Swans that uh, once the game was out of um, out of winning reach, they gave away some undisciplined free kicks. But up until that moment, I wouldn't have thought it was the undisciplined acts that had sort of kept... Uh, Richmond from winning that game. I mean, they certainly missed some chances, like he said, in that second quarter. But then in the third quarter, they kicked six goals straight, or might have even nearly been seven straight. So they did take their chances then. Um, that wasn't the reason. They just weren't quite good enough. Sydney just had a bit more polish um, and were able to execute inside 50 a bit better. So I was a little bit surprised. They certainly were. They did give away two 50-meter penalty goals and lost their heads really late. But um, interesting that that's the angle that um, both Jack Rewalt and uh, Damien Harwick took in the press conference. Taranto and Hopper busy in the midfield with big numbers. And they're in it right to the last change, really. A goal down at three-quarter time, and then the Swans put the foot to the floor. Tommy Patley starred. Six goals. I'm not sure. He set up a couple as well. Yeah, best on Grant. Is it, do we give Tommy Patley enough credit, Joey? Oh, I think he gets his dues when it's when he's playing like this. He had been a little bit slow to start yep. the season, but I think Richmond missed a trick in that third quarter. They let him off the hook. They let him go up to stoppage, and no one really took account for him. And when he does that, and then he gets his tail up, as we know, he's almost impossible to stop. So he set the game alight in that second half, all six of his goals in the second half, four of them in the last quarter. And that was probably the difference. Richmond just didn't quite have that player at the other end. Shea Bolton always looms like he does. Dusty, you know, he's not quite the same. Dustin Martin we've seen for, for 12 years. So in the end, Sydney were just a, a tad too good. So it's going to be their worst start, Jay-Z, uh, since 2016. Mm. After the end of this round, you would expect once uh, the Geelong beat West Coast, we think, and then the, the Giants-Hawthorne game. So going to be fascinating to see, as you said, what happens with Richmond from here. But I think they are in a phase and uh, it's going to be tough for them. What about the other game last night, yep. uh, the Fremantle Gold Coast game? How much of that did you catch? Yep. Because Fremantle's season was on the line at half time, and what they were able to produce could just be a bit of a turning point for them. And I was worried for them, to be honest. I mean, 
Gold Coast led by what was it four goals going into that third quarter? I mean, they had it was it was the game was in their keeping uh, at that point. But I thought the bit there's two big stories out of this one. Michael Walters obviously talk about quiet starts to the season. He was very quiet against Adelaide last weekend. Kick four goals, points to his skin, a bit like Jamara Eugle Hagen um, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, it's been a terrible week and a terrible week for the game with some of the horrific racial abuse which has happened uh, online. It just absolutely makes you sick. But then Michael Walters. Stands up on the big stage, kicks four goals, makes that 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 stand. I'm here and I'm proud, etc. So I absolutely uh, love that moment. The other one was Luke Jackson. Speaking of being under pressure, um, Joey, he sort of had a quietish start to the season, better last week. But when the game was online, he stood up forward. You would have been very impressed with his the versatility um, that he showed last night. Yeah, I mean, he kicked a couple of crucial goals, and, and they were important kicks and tough kicks as well. So, look, he, he is building into the season. It was certainly harsh after two games um, mm-hmm. in new colours, the, the uh, criticism that yep. was coming his way. I mean, even people forget he signed a seven-year deal because he's still only 21 years of age. I mean, this kid is still so young. Not many ruckmen uh, at his age are doing what he's doing. So he's got seven years at this footy club to make a difference. Um, he's building into the year. Um, I thought... The combination with Sean Darcy was massive because Sean Darcy's second half was dominant against a young ruckman. That went a long way. And Caleb Sarong, Jay-Z, I oh. know you, you you hitched your caravan to Did. him on uh, the Sunday rub a few weeks ago after I told you he's better than Andy Brayshaw. <laughs> and now it. it looks like that um, everyone else will jump on board. He is a little superstar, Caleb Sarong. He almost had twice as many possessions as any other Fremantle docker. Yep. He had 37 touches. Lockie Schultz, who was excellent, had 20. Then the next best was 18. It was dominant from what Caleb Sarong was able to do as a midfielder. And I made a very big call. I know you are big call, Montagna, and you make the biggest calls in Triple M, Joey, but I made a big call last week. I said I thought his ceiling could be higher than Andrew Brayshaw. He could be a better player than Andrew Brayshaw, who, who uh, we absolutely love. Do you agree with me, Joey? <laughs> Jay-Z, I'm not buying into that. I told you about two years ago that Caleb Sarong was going to be uh, a superstar. But um, no, very good. Hey, and impressive. Jack, Jack Lukosha's first half was almost yep. as good a first half as we've seen from anybody this year. He had 12 disposals. All 12 of them were kicks, and 10 of them were score involvements. He'd ha- he kicked one goal three himself. Wow. He directly assisted in another three. Everything he touched across the half-forward line was leading to scores. It was it was amazing how much leg rope the Fremantle Dockers gave him in that first half, and it shows what he can do. He can hang you if he gets that leg rope, but Fremantle were able to tighten that up after halftime, and that went a long way to winning the game. Hey, there's still plenty more action, Jay-Z, so we will talk about the rest of the games this weekend at Gather Round. But if you are listening to Footy Talk and you're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button, leave us a review, rating, or fire Jay-Z a question. New episodes every day at lunch. You're listening to Footy Talk. Hit us up, fire us a question or a like. You can do that on Footy Talk underscore pod or TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. I'm here with Jay Z Clark as Gather Round continues and we look ahead to the weekend's actions as we do this on the Saturday morning. There are some games the Mount Barker game between the Brisbane Lions and the Kangaroos. Essendon Melbourne is the first of the double header at the Adelaide Oval. But Jay Z, I want to ask you about the game tonight Port Adelaide v the Western Bulldogs. This is going to be a cracking game. If you thought the atmosphere, 
for the Crows-Carlton game was big. This will be just as big because there is nothing better than being at the Adelaide Oval when all the fans get up and sing Never Tear Us Apart. <laughs> I remember as an opposition player, mm-hmm. I used to sing going to my spot out on the wing. <laughs> I did. You, you take it all in, you look around, you go, this is pretty cool. Yep. And uh, sometimes it could work two ways. It could either fire up the opposition or, for our case, at St Kilda. We didn't win at the Adelaide Oval. I think it was zipping <laughs> zip six when I played. But it is a great atmosphere and it's a huge game because these are two sides that have found a bit of their mojo. Yep. We're not sure exactly where they sit in the in the season and how much they can get to the pointy end, but it's going to be a cracking contest. And for all the talk about Port Adelaide and Coach Ken Hinckley and his contract, etc., Joey, just imagine they win tonight and then they hit that five-round turn at three and two. They would have taken that every day of the week. So we yep. bang on about the coaching contract, but I agree. Tonight is massive for them because if they can win those um, three games in that you know, really tough opening part of the fixture, it is a massive win for them. And you know, Ken Hinckley will have them absolutely wound up like a two-bob watch we saw on Thursday night. What about the statement the Crows made? They knew that this was a huge stage for this football club. And I know they all say, oh, we, you know, try, we try hard every game sort of thing. But I feel like there's, there's going to be a real build-up, real consequence tonight. The whole footy world will be uh, watching them. And I just think it's a huge opportunity for Port Adelaide. There is history between these two clubs. I mean, Western Bulldogs punched the power in the mouth in the 2021 preliminary final. Knocked them out of the grand final, of course. Now, we can overplay these sorts of things, these milestones and history, these rivalries, that sort of stuff, Joey. Would that be in the back of the Port Adelaide players' minds, that sort of, you know, that, that, that sort of a loss, which was just so significant at the time? Yeah, not not going back to 2021. You, you don't want to be looking back to those sorts of games. They're worried about just tonight and what they want to do for their season in front of their fans. They've seen what the Crows did and how much uh, you know momentum that built. They would want that as well. They don't want to be losing a game in Gatherround while the Crows become the talk of the town. So they'll be pumped up. You're right about Ken Inkley. I remember pre-season there were people talking about, geez, Gatherround, they could be zipping five Port Adelaide and wouldn't that be ironic? Ken Hinkley's future will be discussed instead. If they could go three and two, as you touched on, their season is well and truly alive. They still play for Kenny. I can see that. I think this group still are fully engaged with Ken Hinckley. I don't mind the way they are going, but they're going to have their hands full against this Bulldogs midfield, particularly with Tom Liberatore playing game number 200. A little bit of the spiritual leader in there at that footy club. He has been a a little champ for them, so they're going to fire up, but I can't wait for this matchup. We're just hoping the rain holds off today, Jay-Z. It is meant to be pretty wet, but um, I can't wait for that game. And then, of course, the big one to finish the St Kilda-Collingwood game on the Sunday to finish the round, the Sunday Twilight game. That is massive because what I've learned from this round already is trust what the form is Mm. telling you. So I thought going into the Adelaide-Carlton game, look, the Blues have got more upside and they've got more firepower. And then I realised, no, they weren't playing great footy. Adelaide were playing great footy. Trust the form line. So if you continue with that theme, St Kilda are going to be in this game up to their eyeballs. Now, whether they're good enough to win against Collingwood, if they bring their best, you know, time will tell. But I think this will be a cracking contest. And I'm just hoping the Saints don't get a reality check and a smack in the mouth and at least put up a really good fight. So just quickly on that, Joey, how do they shut down the Pies ball movement? What what We know he's a defensive mastermind. Ross Lyon, and there'll be things happening around the contest that, you know, I and other footy fans won't see. What will you be seeing? How will they try and, you know, cut off that Collingwood electricity? 
you have to absorb their pressure because when they do score, it's because they get they outnumber you at a contest and they almost just overwhelm you with their pressure for you to cough the ball up. And that's when they score. It's off the turnover when they've got more numbers. So St Kilda have got to be able to absorb their pressure, handle it, find a way to release it to a teammate, get some territory, and then back in their team defense system and, and give themselves a chance. But if they get overwhelmed by the Collingwood swarm, the, the fly trap, and they get after them and they can't handle the heat, then the Pies will make them pay. So that's what we're going to look for in that game. It's going to be a cracking contest. But as I like to finish on a Saturday with you, Jay-Z, once this weekend is all wrapped up, Monday morning papers come around, what do you think will be the talking point? What will be the story out of Gather Round this weekend? I still think it's going to be Tiger Trouble because they play Melbourne next weekend. So you say they're already in in a bit of a pickle. I I can't see them being Melbourne on the Anzac Day Eve. uh, stage, it's always an amazing atmosphere for that one. So Essendon and Collingwood's going to be absolutely massive, of course, but I think people will be delving deep on the Tigers to see, do they go left or do they go right? Do they zig or the zag on, zig or zag on the rest of the season? Going to be fascinating. For me, I think it'll be Gather Round is here to stay, and it's here to stay in Adelaide. I think they've done it beautifully. I think they deserve the right to host it again. This will become an annual tradition, so other states will get their chance at some point. But right now, I think the way that Adelaide have hosted everyone, the way they've they've taken the risk and taken a chance, I think that we should be back here again next year. And maybe now they have a bit more time, they can look to invest in maybe another ground somewhere in the Barossa or, or you know, take another game out to the beautiful regions and continue to grow this concept. I think it's been excellent. Well done to you, Jay-Z. Of course, if, you, if you do have a question, uh, hit us up on Instagram or Footy Talk. Tomorrow, Jack Heverin and Andrew Embley, two of the best. They'll run through all the news, views and action from Gather Round. Until then, enjoy your Saturday. Listener.